From the Hero Law Firm Studios, welcome to the Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, and on this day in 1988, pop star Aaron Carter was born. I'm Dan Ratcliffe, and here are your top stories presented by Mall of Georgia Dodge Jeep Chrysler. A Duluth man pled guilty for his role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Mill Creek prepares for its first state football finals appearance. And we learn more about Southern Ballet Theater and all the great ways they're keeping Lawrenceville dancing. We'll have all this and more coming up on the Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. We sat down with Lauren Livesay and Colin Cappy, second-generation employees at Mall of Georgia Chrysler Dodge Jeep, to talk about their great customers both here in Gwinnett and across the country. Well, one of my neighbors bought all his cars from us, and uh, when I see him in the morning, I give him a good wave, and I'm very thankful for that. And he continues to uh, want to purchase vehicles from us because of the good experiences he's had. We have people from out of state that will come back that have been buying cars from us for years that'll drive on in or fly on in, trade in their car, get a new one, and leave. And we have some that are uh, just loyal customers that have been with us for 28, 29 years. Um, but then we have the ones, uh, we, we have a very big online presence. We've been getting uh, a lot of product, and we've been shipping them out all over the United States. Mall of Georgia Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Go see them on the lot at 4345 Buford Drive in Buford or go online and find them at mallofgeorgiachryslerdodgejeep.com. We're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. A Duluth man appeared before a federal judge on Monday and admitted his guilt in participating in the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. John David Ross Gould agreed to the plea agreement in which he would plead guilty to parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building with prosecutors on November 30th before formally entering it this week, according to court documents. Gould is accused of entering the Capitol with other rioters while Congress was meeting to certify the Electoral College votes which would make Joe Biden president. Rioters had attended a rally with former President Donald Trump before they marched to the Capitol. The statement of offense says Gould then went to a small house rotunda and then upstairs to the statuary hall and into the house chamber before going down a hallway and entering the Rayburn reception room where he took a selfie in the mirror. Federal officials previously said Gould allegedly sent the selfie to a co-worker with a text message that read, Can you see me in the mirror? He left the Capitol 39 minutes after he entered it. Gould is scheduled to be sentenced in federal court on April 28th. He faces up to six months in prison, up to five years on probation, and a fine of up to $5,000, and an obligation to interest or penalties fines or restitution that's not made in a timely manner, according to the plea agreement. Every interception Hayden Clark throws is painful. The six-foot-one, 205-pounder can recount each interception from his junior season and what happened on each play, from one pass that he forced to one where he didn't see the safety roll over to another that bounced off a running back's hands. 
Thankfully, the anguish has been rare during the Hawks' run to Saturday's Class 7A state championship game against Carrollton at Georgia State. His recollection of this season's mistakes, or mistake, is more brief. Clark has thrown just one interception in 269 pass attempts this season. The quarterback's ball security is certainly noteworthy, but it's only a small part of what he means to a high-powered Mill Creek offense that averages 45.9 points. He's completed 161 of those 269 passes for 2,100 yards and 24 touchdowns and has shown the mobility to rush for 303 yards and three more touchdowns. In last Friday's 48-14 win over Milton in the state semifinals, he completed seven of eight passes for 143 yards and two touchdowns along with a 10-yard rushing touchdown to kickstart the route before leaving with a minor injury. He broke the school career record for passing TDs in that victory with, with his 51st. The Mill Creek coaches ask plenty from Clark, now seasoned in his third year as a starter. He spreads the ball around to a variety of receivers. 15 Hawks have caught passes, makes quick decisions in his team's busy RPO or run-pass option game. As the Mill Creek wins and Clark's highlights pile up, the interest from college recruiters has picked up, though coach Josh Lovelady admits to frustration that colleges didn't give Clark more attention earlier in the process. Clark said recruitment is going okay and that West Georgia is one of the schools he talks with regularly. Woo, I can't wait for my first fire. <gasps> is that one? That's just someone barbecuing. Oh, <gasps> is that one? That's a guy with red hair. David Pierce Sr. can still recall the first fire station, if you can call it a fire station, that Swanee used when it formed its old volunteer fire department back in 1953. It was, in reality, a barn with a dirt floor, although it gets called a garage to make it sound a bit swankier. It was more of a place that a member of the city council offered as a spot to park Swanee's fire engine when it wasn't being used than it was anything remotely resembling modern-day fire stations. And Pierce, who is now a spry 90 years old, would know all about the structure and the challenges that the Swanee Volunteer Fire Department had in using it. He was the department's first fire chief, after all. The old Swanee Volunteer Fire Department is long since gone, having been merged into Gwinnett County Fire and Emergency Services in 1981. But a fire station has remained in the city since that time. Pierce got to see a new fire station for Swanee on Monday morning that was very different from the old barn, during the ribbon cutting for the new 10,788 square foot Fire Station 13 building at the corner of Main Street and Swanee Dam Road. The $7.8 million special purpose local option sales tax funded facility replaces the old Fire Station 13, which was turned into Still Fire Brewing a few years ago. Although the old Fire Station 13 building closed a few years ago, the lack of a building did not stop its crews from doing their job. In 2021, Fire Station 13's crews responded to 2,300 calls. They serve 29,330 residents and are assigned to protect a 25.03 square mile area. A Decula resident who attends the University of Georgia has been nominated by U.S. Representative Jody Heiss to attend the U.S. Military Academy or the U.S. Naval Academy or even the U.S. Air Force Academy. Heiss's office announced that the congressman nominated Benjamin Cook for the Military, Naval, and Air Force Academies. Cook is one of 22 students from the 10th Congressional District who received Service Academy nominations this week. A nomination from a sitting member of the U.S. House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate is one of the items needed to be considered for an appointment to a service academy. Of the 22 students who received nominations from Heiss, nine of them were nominated for more than one academy. Six of the students in that group, including Cook, were nominated for three academies. 
Huddle up, everyone. Hi, I'm Peggy Slappy from Peggy Slappy Properties. Just like every good quarterback needs an offensive line, every home buyer and every home seller needs a good professional realtor on their side to keep them from getting sacked. Our trusted team of PSP Realtors has been helping Gwinnesians buy and sell homes for over 40 years, and we'd love to help you call the winning play. Come by our office today or see us online at PSPOnline.com. Whatever your real estate needs, our team of experienced professionals is here to serve you. Buying and selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's our priority. Peggy Slappy Properties is a trusted market leader in the greater Gwinnett area for 40 years in county. From the water that flows from your tap to the roads you drive on on your way to work, Gwinnett County government provides high-quality services to residents every day. Our residents, businesses, schools, local governments, and nonprofits have a long tradition of working together to make Gwinnett the best place to live, work, play, and raise a family. Together, we'll ensure that Gwinnett is a place where everyone thrives. Learn more about county services at GwinnettCounty.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GwinnettGov. Why talk to Tom M. Wages Funeral Home Service today? You remove the financial and emotional stress from your loved ones. On the worst day of their lives, your family doesn't need to add financial stress to the pain of loss. You protect them. A pre-funded, pre-arranged funeral allows your family to grieve and mourn without the worry of how to pay. Plus, the peace of mind you have knowing everything is taken care of is priceless. Don't leave the worry and stress to your loved ones. Take care of your funeral pre-arrangements now. Let the family service professionals at Tom M. Wages in Snellville or Lawrenceville help you. Call Tom M. Wages today at 770-979-3200 or email jim at wagesfuneralhome.com. Tom M. Wages, the most respected and requested funeral home in Gwinnett County. The Gwinnett Daily Post is giving away a four-pack of tickets to see the Atlanta Gladiators. Call 404-997-8655 and leave a voicemail for your chance to win. Now, the key to wrestling is the ability to explode. The way I figured, if you can explode your way out of underneath a piece of wet carpet, you can beat any 12-year-old in the county. Buford placed first and Mill Creek took second after Saturday's final session of the Southern Slam, giving Gwinnett a 1-2 finish in a tournament stacked with top wrestlers and 38 teams. Buford put up 235 points, and Mill Creek's runner-up total was 207.5. Archer was 15th at 87. Maddox MacArthur and Drew Gorman were individual champions for Buford. MacArthur won at 132 pounds with a 3-1 decision in the finals over Eastside South Carolina wrestler Colt Schrader. Gorman pinned Mill Creek's Amante Mills at 1 minute 57 seconds in the 138-pound finals. The Wolves' DJ Clark, Kieran McCormick, and Gavin Pope had runner-up finishes. Ryland Eibold and Aaron Reiner were third, and Grayson Santee finished fourth. The Hawks' other placers in the top six were Amonte Mills, Jaheim Mills, Tequavius Mills, John Baratton, Aaron Garcia, Banks Bitterman, and Blue Stifler. Archer Sam Rebuca was the champion at 285 after defeating Jeremiah Jackson of High Point Academy of South Carolina 9-3 in the finals. Teammate Max Hennibal was sixth at 106. (laughs) 
The Gwinnett County Chamber of Commerce is among the top 1% of chambers in the nation when it comes to business practices, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The Gwinnett Chamber recently received five-star accreditation from the U.S. Chamber. It's the highest designation a chamber can receive, and this is the first time Gwinnett's chamber has received it. Only 201 of the more than 7,000 chambers of commerce in the U.S. have received five-star accreditation, according to Gwinnett officials. Gwinnett Chamber officials said the accreditation recognizes sound policies, effective procedures, and positive impact on the community. The chamber had to go through a six-month process and complete an application that's more than 200 pages long in order to achieve five-star accreditation. It had to show it met standards in communications, finance, governance, facilities, human resources, program development, technology, benchmarking, and government affairs. Now put on your dancing shoes because we're going to learn how Southern Ballet Theater is teaching Lawrenceville dancers of all ages. My name is Alicia Chipwood and I own Southern Performing Arts Academy with my husband. And um, out of Southern Performing Arts Academy, we run our nonprofit Southern Ballet Theater. So what all do y'all do with this? So the dance studio operates um, on a season. So we have classes um, for ages three and up, hip hop, tap, jazz, ballet. Um, and then our nonprofit company, Southern Ballet Theater, the um, dancers audition to be a part of it and they perform various times during the year. So how long have y'all been in Lawrenceville? We um, were located um, off the corner of Five Forks and Sugarloaf for, um, since 2008. And then um, a year and a half ago, we moved to downtown Lawrenceville. Okay, wow. Okay, so so what all do y'all have kind of coming up with events? We are going to be at Gas South Theater um, doing a very Grinchy Christmas, which is one of our original um, Christmas um, ballets that we started many, many years ago. And then after we wrap up a, a very Grinchy Christmas, we are actually going to be um, right here in downtown Lawrenceville doing uh, the Nutcracker in December. That's what I was wondering if y'all were doing the Nutcracker because that's just, it's such a Christmas tradition. Yeah, so last year we did, it was the first time in Lawrenceville, um, and we actually sold out three weeks beforehand. Um, so uh, <laughs> it was uh, very much welcomed um, here in downtown Lawrenceville, and so we're excited to be here again doing it. And with that, um, I mean, what age are the dancers in the, in the Nutcracker performance? So in the Nutcracker, our, our dancers, our, our company dancers range in age of 10 and up. Um, so we do have some professionals a part of the Nutcracker. Um, so we are um, 10 and up. And then we also invite um, some of our younger dancers from Southern Performing Arts Academy to be a part um, of the show as well. So you'll see um, little dancers a part of it anywhere from four to um, eight, um, a part of the Nutcracker as well. That's such a neat way to get everybody involved. So so is four to eight kind of the typical range for Southern Performing Arts Center? So Southern Performing Arts Academy, we start at three and up. So um, three to 18, and then we even have adult classes that um, we offer as well. So if anyone can dance, they don't have to have any sort of dance experience. Um, so yeah, we offer from three and up. What are uh, what are some of maybe the older adults that have tried it? Um, some older adults, we um, have ballet, we have jazz, we have hip hop for them. We have yoga trapeze, we have bungee fitness. So we have a ride a wide variety of um, classes and they're all beginner based so that no one has to feel intimidated um, when they walk in and um, so they have a lot of fun. Um, some of our adult classes even choose to perform in our annual recital in June um, and they have a lot of fun performing um, 
and gym. So that's so neat. So did you personally do ballet and dance growing yeah, so up? I um, I was trained in ballet and jazz, and then I met my husband Brandon, um, and he was trained in tap and hip hop, and so it was a nice combination um, for us to. Together. When did you start dancing? I started dancing when I was three. Wow, three. that's that's. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. Especially, just is is. Yeah, I, I just think sometimes I see these three year olds and they're they're already really good. Yeah, yeah, they're precious and uh, they learn so quickly and they love being in the dance studio and they love watching the older dancers. Um, so the older dancers almost become like big sisters and big brothers um, to the younger dancers, and it's a nice um, family almost. You know, it's funny you mentioned that typically a lot of people think of it being a female-dominated thing, but do y'all have a good bit of male dancers as well? Um, we have a good bit of male dancers that take hip-hop, um, some take tap, um, and then sometimes, like for the Nutcracker, we invite some like high school boys uh, to be a part of like the party scene to dance with some of our um, company dancers, so, um, you know, we don't, everyone's involved. <laughs> That is so neat, and it, it's it's really neat that you just you seem to really push that dancing can be for everyone. Oh yeah, dancing is for everyone. Um, it does not matter. Um, we even um we have adults in our um, Nutcracker as well. We have party parents, um, and they're normally parents of the dancers, so they get a different perspective of being on stage with their dancers. So it's it's really fun for them too. That is so neat. So for someone who's in the Performing Arts Center, what's the time commitment kind of like? Um, so our, some of our oldest dancers, they are there Monday for about three hours, Tuesday, three hours, uh, Wednesday is an optional day. They can, um, take an hour of classes on Wednesday and then Thursday, three hours, and then Friday and Saturday we rehearse. So Friday, sometimes we rehearse for three to four hours and Saturday we're there 1030 to four. So, um, it is a time commitment, but, um, it's, it's something that they want to do. It's something that they want to get better at. So we, they love being there. So, and, and for someone like me who doesn't really know a lot about it, what's the difference between like a normal three hour day and rehearsal day? So a normal three hour day would be classes. So they would be taking technique classes, either ballet, jazz, hip hop, tap, modern, um, you know, perfecting their skill. And then during rehearsal, what we're doing is we're studying choreography for the shows, um, getting the girls to dance together, clarifying counts and arms. Um, sometimes we have to spend a good amount of time doing costuming, uh, making sure everything fits, everything's ready for that dancer. Um, so that is what rehearsal time is used for. And so have you had some people who've come through your program go on to be professionals? Yes. So um, sometimes the dancers um, will stop after high school. Um, but I like to think that I've instilled um, time management and commitment to something that they're passionate about. Um, sometimes even if they're not majoring or minoring or going off to dance professionally, they're just taking classes on the side. And then we also have other dancers that go off to New York or um, bigger colleges that push performing arts um, and they make a career out of it. And, and that's why I was wondering, because my college didn't have a, a huge performing arts school. Are there scholarship opportunities with that? Yes, there's scholarship opportunities with that. Um, even dancers that don't major or minor in it, some do like palm at football games or dancing at the basketball games, a part of the college. And um, so there is plenty of scholarships. And then even if they don't choose to go to a college, they can audition for a professional company to be a trainee. Um, sometimes there's scholarship money involved in that. Okay, cool. And so how has Gwinnett County and Lawrenceville really embraced y'all? 
So we've actually been trying to get in the heart of downtown Lawrenceville for many, many years. And um, at the time that we were looking, there just wasn't enough space. And we didn't know about the huge expansion that was going to go on in downtown Lawrenceville um, until um, about 2018, 2019, um, the DDA approached us and said, I think we got some for you. And so wheels started spinning and uh, long story short, um, we ended up at City View um, in the um, development and they built a uh, building dedicated to the old Lawrenceville school that used to sit there on top of the hill. And ever since we moved in, it's just been welcoming arms, people emailing just like you guys emailing um, to help promote us. Um, we get walk-ins all the time just to see what's going on in the dance studio. So it's been very welcoming, um, especially the move into downtown Lawrenceville because it does feel like family down here. And how did y'all have to adjust when the pandemic started? So when the pandemic started, unfortunately, we were at the end of our season and um, recitals were coming up. So we found out um, about three days, two to three days before we were supposed to move into the theater to perform Aladdin um, when the whole show got pulled. Um, so that was very heartbreaking for the girls because we had finished all of our rehearsals. The set was built, the costumes were done. And then it was like, boom, we were done. Um, so we transitioned to online classes um, and that it was different at first and so kind of exciting at first and then it got <laughs> very hard um afterwards and then by that summer we transitioned to back in person um and then we just slowly picked up from there we spent a year um doing like a abbreviated season we skipped some some shows we of course had to sell half houses or quarter houses um, for patrons to help everyone spread out um, and so we didn't lose any following. We kept pushing it, kept pushing it. And then, you know, when we finally were able to have full houses and back to our full season, um, you know, we were just back up and running. So fortunately for us, um, we kept pushing. So now how long does the full season run? Full season, we run August through May okay. and then June, July is our summer season. So, um, we run with like the school year basically, but y'all do have summer shows as well. We don't do summer shows. We transition over into intensives and just um, camps and stuff like that. So that way, um, if people go out of town, they're not committed to a whole summer. Um, they can pick and choose weeks and days that they come in for like camps and intensives. So it's sort of a, just for, for my understanding, I, I like sports terms, kind of like off-season training. Yes. yes. I, I <laughs> love a that. Bit more, you know, it's summertime. Yeah. People travel, people are having fun, people go in the pool, you know, so it's it's fun to have, I guess, a more relaxed feeling of the studio. And, and probably, I, I know, you know, if you're a parent and, and your child is wanting to get into anything, probably time commitment is going to be one of the first things you're wondering about. So the fact that y'all do have some time, some less intense time is, is huge for everybody. Once a week for an hour. So, you know, the time commitment um, goes up when the dancer is ready to put the time commitment in. So, um, you know, nobody certainly has to be at the studio every day of the week, but um, when the dancer is wanting to commit and perfect the craft, then they up their time. That makes perfect sense. How can people get tickets to the shows? So we have everything up on our website, southernballettheater.com. Um, and if you happen to go to the studio website, um, Southern Performing Arts Academy, um, it'll link you over as well. Um, 
There's links to um, all of our ticketing. So Dracula is actually bought through our website. Um, and then Grinchy Christmas is bought through the Gas South box office. And then um, the Nutcracker is bought through the Lawrenceville Arts Center box office. Okay, so it just depends kind of on the venue. Yeah, yeah, and we have it broken down by show so you can click over to the um, link. How many venues do y'all perform at? So right now, if we go between Gas South Theater and um, Lawrenceville Arts Center. It's hockey time in the A. The Atlanta Gladiators return to Gas South Arena for another season of huge hits. Incredible goals. Lands down for Oliver. Oliver shoots and rebound loose. They score! And wild celebrations. Head over to AtlantaGladiators.com to get your tickets today as we celebrate 20 years of Atlanta Gladiators hockey. The Atlanta Gladiators, Atlanta's hockey team. Again, Tyler gets it back. Near side Vitelli. He shoots and scores! Making your weekend plans? There's never a dull moment in the DTL. Visit the historic Lawrenceville Square or one of our more than 20 unique restaurants and eateries, breweries, and eclectic shops. Enjoy an outdoor concert or movie at the Lawrenceville Lawn, an Aurora Theater show at the Lawrenceville Arts Center, multiple brunch options, the Slow Pour Sunday Market, and so much more. Visit downtownlawrencevillega.com for a full events calendar, helpful links, and details. That's downtownlawrencevillega.com. Thanks again for listening to today's Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. Did you know over 50% of Americans listen to podcasts weekly? Make sure you join us for our next episode and share this podcast on social media with your friends and family. Add us to your Alexa Flash briefing or Google Home briefing, and be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group, Darren Sutherland, Executive Director, Jacob Sutherland, Director, Matt Golden, News Director, Chen Ray Zhang, Director-Producer, and Jason Gentarola, Audio Producer, all rights reserved.